Ephesians. So if you've got your Bibles, pop it open. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. And um, when we started this, I shared how we had spent a week with some uh, good, good friends. And the, the men in the house had been part of a, uh, a group study of the book of Ephesians. And they had started in February. And by, when, were, when did we see them? It was in October, wasn't it? By mid, by mid October, September. September, fine. By mid September or late September, they had gotten through the first five chapters, so they were getting like one or two verses per hour that we were meeting on on Saturday. We're we're kind of flying through here, I, and I I don't know if I want to apologize, but I I saw that last Sunday, the, the what was recorded was more than uh, normal. <laughs> so there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to cover. But understanding that I'm going to try and talk a little bit faster this morning and um, do some more summary. Uh, ask for an extra shot. And so here we go. Anyway, so <clears throat> in so the this might end up being uh, an uncomfortable section of Ephesians because it's about what's on us to do. And what I want to make sure we remember is Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 in the beginning of, of chapter 4. We're going to be um, going from uh, 4, verse 17 through 5, verse 20. It's a lot of verses. So again, I got, I got a challenge to unpack all of this. But um, <clears throat> in chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. The call from God includes the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go back to... Um, Paul's prayers that we've seen, one's in verse uh, or chapter one, uh, and then the one that's right at the end of uh, chapter three, going into uh, chapter four. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. And one of the other things that, that we saw was that even our ability to believe is a gift from God. So God, God's had this plan. And God's rolling out this plan, and God's plan includes you and I as um, individuals who have put our faith in Jesus, God's Son. All right, I'm going to re read this next prayer uh, from Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 
And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, and then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so that's our foundation. <laughs> Today, we're going to be looking at, um, again, some unpacking of what Paul started talking about in chapter four, where he starts out chapter four, verse one. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God, right? And we, we saw some practical things. We saw some, um, you know, when you do this, this is what it's going to look like, right? And now we're going to be getting into more of examples of conduct that are kingdom, that are, that would reflect living a life worthy of our call. It's not about, I gotta be careful how I say this. It's more about honoring the Lord than it is about being good, right? Because, again, what we saw already is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Salvation is not a reward for doing good. It's a free gift. Okay, so we've received this free gift of forgiveness and salvation and unity and adoption. And as we go into um, verse 17 of chapter 4, the book of Ephesians, I, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of a tightrope walk. So again, I, I don't want to go too long. Preach! No? Nobody? Okay. So let me, let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we invite you into our midst. Your kingdom come, Holy Spirit come in power and wisdom and understanding as we grapple with um, what it looks like, what it looks like for me to live a life worthy of being called by you. Amen. Okay, verse 17, I'm going to be reading. So I mentioned last week, Paul in a lot of his books does lists, right? He does lists of conducts, behaviors, these kinds of things. And, and we're going to get some of those today. So we're going to be looking at some lists and contrast between your old sinful nature and your former way of life versus living in a manner worthy of your calling. And through these verses, we're going to see Paul um, 
exhort us to imitate God, follow the example of Christ, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's jump in. All right. Uh, I'm going to be reading 17 through 22. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, whoop, I think I, and that's it. That's, uh, let me stop there. So <clears throat> it was interesting in, in one of my um, uh, commentaries that, where it says there in verse seven, or 19, they have no sense of shame. The, uh, another way of saying that uh, would be like they ceased to care. And it's interesting, guys, I, I'm going to confess. So later on, it talks about, you know, um, don't use obscene language. Don't use harsh language. And I, uh, it was, it was, I had my, my initial thought in the ceasing to care included a four-letter word. And I had, I had to walk back from that to come up with a way to express <laughs> where you get to a point where you're just like, forget it. I don't think I read between the lines too easily there, but I, I, I had to walk myself back to the point where I could say, oh yeah, I could say, forget it. You know? And the... So the, the call, um, the Lord's authority that Paul is using here to the church in Ephesians, and we're reading it for the church in Omaha Vineyard, is no longer live like that. No longer live hopelessly confused, minds full of darkness, wandering far from the life God gives because they close their minds and harden their hearts against it. They've ceased to care. They look for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. One of the things that uh, occurred to me is that a lot of these behaviors come from a place of like insecurity where we're afraid of not getting attention. And so we do these, we, we operate in these ways to either fit in with others or to get attention from others. And might I say, that isn't what you learn about Christ. Verse 20. As, as believers who have <clears throat> accepted the call to follow God, 
um, living in a way that is worthy of that call includes trusting God and receiving what he offers, receiving what he promises, receiving him, his love, and giving grace to others. And, and we'll see how often these um, conducts that we're encouraged to do instead of have to do with giving grace to others. So verse 18, the life God gives us, the life and light that God gives us that is within us is his spirit. We partner with the spirit individually, submitting to him and obeying his leading and living this life in the light by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we get into this conduct, understand that, again, it's not that God has said, okay, here's a bunch of rules to follow. I'm going to spin that top and walk away. And if it you know, wobbles and, and falls down, eh, I did my part. No, the Lord is with us. The Lord is present with us. And, and um, as we uh, get into this, I have, I cooked up a little something I'm here again. to share with y'all. Let's see if we can mirror this. Okay. Living is life by the power of the Spirit. So we're going to get into, we're going to go forward uh, from verse 23 through uh, chapter 4, verse 32, which is the end of uh, chapter 4. And we're going to look at, instead of doing this, do this. And again, guys, this isn't about earning anything. This is about living a life that is worthy of, of the man, or living a life, mm, leading a life worthy of your calling. All right, so here we go. Verse 23. Instead of living like the Gentiles do, confused, lost. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, right? He said, throw off the old nature. Put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I just want to stop right there. So again, from uh, one of my... Um, commentaries is talking about how the word righteous has to do with our right conduct towards God and then holy is right conduct towards others so here we go you guys ready I'm gonna give me a little Ooh, look at that. All right, so instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put your new nature on, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So now we're going to be, I already threw them up there, but we're, we're going to be looking for these contrasts, okay? So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, 
for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So throughout those verses, we can see, and I don't know how, how well you can see that, I guess it's okay. Uh, <clears throat> um, how, you know, stop telling lies, be truthful. Don't let anger control you, exhibit self-control. Stop stealing Live in a way that you are able to be generous to others, to those who have a need. Don't use foul, abusive language. Speak in a way that is encouraging to others. Um, don't, uh, don't operate in a way that's full of bitterness, rage, malice. Operate in a way that is kind, tenderhearted, forgiving just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Again, guys, this is not about, here's a whole but here's a list of rules for you to follow. These are, okay, you're new to the faith. You are one of us. We're, we're knit together as a body. Here are some things that are ways we, we've all lived. And here are the ways that we can do things differently so that we live in a manner worthy of our calling. All right, we're going to jump down to, um, we're going to keep going. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1 of Ephesians. Imitate God, therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. That language is Old Testament, a pleasing aroma to God, where the, um, the priests would take a lamb right, or a bull or, or something, and they would put it on the altar with, with fire, and in the Old Testament, that's what they would talk about, that, it, that these sacrifices that we made to be seen as righteous by God, and as, again, this is Old Testament law, but 
there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And so they had, rather than, okay, you're, you, you operated in malice, so sorry, you're dead. We gotta shed your blood. God created a system of uh, transference and propitiation, we're using some big words today. I'll, that's the last one I'll use. <clears throat> to substitute uh, the, the life of uh, an animal to redeem us as sinful people. And we don't do that anymore. That is not our, our that's not our um, tradition or experience anymore. Why? Because Christ, who loved us, offered himself as a sacrifice for us. That is a pleasing aroma to God. Okay, now we're going to keep we're going to keep going. So that's what that's where that love come, comes from. Uh, verse 40, uh, 431 through five two. Here we go. Old nature versus new nature. Uh, five uh, verse three. I'm going to read through uh, three uh, through seven. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. I'm going to go back to, to what I had, I had said before, kind of the, the, um, the motive for someone who is utterly confused and a heart full of darkness is, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to trade my freedom for security. And I'm going to do that by worshiping the things of this world. I need the attention of others, so I'm going to act like them. I'm going to tell coarse jokes. I'm going to tell, um, you know, obscene stories. Um, I'm going to steal because things are more important, right? <clears throat> these, th these, these um, things on the on the right. <laughs> New nature, kingdom, conduct. Let's call it a kingdom conduct. Kingdom conduct, conduct comes through the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives, right? What did Jesus would talk about um, uh, us being branches and him being the vine and the, the vine is the root, right? And that's where all the nutrients and everything comes up and the life comes up through the vine and 
goes out to the branch and it's the branch that bears the fruit. Just like Jesus, we can't do anything on our own. We can only do what we're tapped into. Garbage in, garbage out. Power in, power out. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, I'll go through 14 because that's what I got here. Okay. Uh, picking up in verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. That verse 14 <clears throat> is like a, um, a sample of how to reprove a sinner. How much shame and condemnation is in that statement? Awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. Hmm, not a lot. How much hope, how much invitation, how much promise of the gift. Christ will give you light. I, I, again, I just want to make sure I'm screwing that light bulb. <laughs> every, every little bit here. This is not the, the, the kingdom of God. The good news is not a message of condemnation. It is an offering of gifts and power and peace and love and light. All right, let's keep going. I lost my screen. This is... If you like playing with technology, feel free to... Sign up for some. <laughs> All right, well, let's go at 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. old nature is impulsive, is thoughtless, is foolish. Living my life in a manner worthy of my calling requires some thought, doesn't it? I remember a time when I had to confront somebody about some behavior that just was not 
uh, it wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to the standard that that we had set. And I, I was, you know, kind of getting ready to do that. I was, I'm, I'm like washing my hands and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, I could use your help. And you know what happened? He gave me insight. I got a word about what was in that person's mind. And when I said, hey, can we talk? And I said, here's some behaviors that I'm seeing. Um, and then here's a thought that I had, is that true? You're really unhappy here. And they were like, yeah. So, I mean, I could have gone in there with harsh language, and abusive language, and but the Lord is so good. He's so good and just keeps going away. He's so good. And he gave me insight so that fool that I am, I was able to operate in, in a little, in a touch of wisdom and, and hopefully save that relationship, right? All right, let's keep going. Where are we? Okay, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What, a, what an interesting um, contrast, right? Don't get drunk, it's going to ruin your life. And you got other translations, at least debauch, right? And what's the alternative? Well, be filled with the Spirit and sing. And remember the, you know, the, the words of these songs and these hymns and, and singing to the Lord is joy. And I got this, um, I got this really, really insightful, um, let me just turn this off for now. I got this really insightful um, bit of uh, context from my, um, commentary on verse 18, because I'm sure you've heard it before. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, was a center for the cult of Dionysus. Dionysus, Dionysus the god of wine. Celebrations in honor of Dionysus emphasized Dionysus. He's nice. <laughs> Celebrations in honor of Dionysus Emphasized fertility, sex, and intoxication. Sounds like college. Intoxication would allow Dionysus to control the body of the worshiper. Thus, the worshiper would do the will of the deity. Make sense? Paul is saying in 5.18, don't be filled with the spirit of Dionysus through wine but be filled with the true and living God by his spirit. 
Anybody uncomfortable? <laughs> We've been to, <clears throat> come on, Paul. We've been talking about, um, yeah, these, uh, th this conduct, right? Live a life wor worthy of your calling because you've been called by God. That call includes his spirit within you. And it's by his spirit alone that we are able to take on our new nature. And what is that? Put on your new nature. Where is it? Come on. Verse 24, put on your new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. So 4 verse 1 says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And then 17, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. I'll say this. There is something for us to do, and that is to submit ourselves to the Lord. Right? There... Um, I saw an illustration uh, once of, um, uh, it was talking about the difference between, and I can't remember the words, but like indwelling versus something else with the Holy yeah. Spirit. And it was like, if, if, you're, if your person is like a, a building, like a house, right? Holy Spirit, come on in. Here's this one room, stay there. I'm not going to let you into any of these other rooms because I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen if I turn over my entertainment room. Guys, I saw this uh, skit once, and it was, it was so impactful. It was, it was at a, a youth conference, and they were talking about kind of this, right? Don't, don't keep doing these things. And so it was, it was like a, a, a young man had gone to a conference and given his life to the Lord. And so he comes back to his apartment, and Jesus is with him and walking with him. And he says, hey, do you, you, wanna, you, you want something to drink? Oh, I got, there's nothing but beer in my fridge. You want something to read? Oh, these are all dirty magazines. You want to watch something on TV? Oh, I got porn on there. And then he gets a phone call. The kid does, young man, gets invited to go out with his friends. He's like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. So he starts walking out, and Jesus starts following him. He says, no, Jesus, I don't want you to, you don't want to come, you know, be around this. You need to stay here. And Jesus just keeps following him to the point where the kid takes Jesus' hands and nails them to the wall to walk away from Jesus. So what about you? Do, do any of these admonishments from Paul cause you discomfort? 
4 verse 23 says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Your thoughts influence your beliefs, and your beliefs influence your actions. When the Spirit renews your thoughts and attitudes, he starts a chain reaction in your life. Do you struggle with lying or stealing uh, or abusive language or bitterness or obscene stories and coarse jokes? Chapter 5, verse 6 says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. And again, it's going to light bulb. This is not about sinning less. It's about living a life that is worthy of the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's about choosing over and over again to say, Yes, to Jesus and to his spirit who resides within you. Chapter three, verse 20. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. If you're struggling this morning, with what seems like an insurmountable task of turning your life around on your own. Don't cease to care. Don't ah, forget it. Just remember, Paul says, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Everything is a gift from God, including your discomfort. Your discomfort is a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. I read a book in the last year um, about a guy who he was a pastor, and he got invited to um, take a retreat at um, a cloister uh, where, where monks operate. So he develops this relationship with um, Brother Hubert. I don't know where Anyway, he's, talk, he's talking to his friend, the monk, and he's confessing to him the struggle that he's having with a sin, an area of his life. And the brother says to him, isn't that wonderful? Last year, that would not have even bothered you. We are living in a time of tension. And just like we, we were looking at last week, where when each of us brings our gift and our special work together, what happens? We grow. We grow. That tension requires purposefulness, thoughtfulness. It requires binding ourselves together in peace. And like um, 
I posted this video of Steve Nicholson talking about the tension between believers. And he's, he talks about how it requires creativity to stay bound together in peace. And we as a church, we partner with the Holy Spirit to see people set free from sin and bondage. We offer, we, we've got a, a five-step prayer model, and I wish I re, could remember, memorize things, but I didn't memorize it. But one of the things is you keep your eye open when, when you're praying. And I'll tell you a little story. So this was back, if anybody else remembers, uh, I Street, the Krieger Glass Building, where our, our, our church was. And we had been going to the church for maybe a year, maybe two, and um, we're learning about praying in the spirit and, and, and God operating and, and doing the five-step prayer model. And uh, our pastor at the time, uh, Scott Ross, was like, oh, I got this sore throat. <clears throat> Would you pray for me? We're like, okay. So my wife and I are praying for him and my wife is praying for him. And I, I've got my eyes open and I see, you know, in my mind, like something like coming out of his throat, like he'd been stabbed with something and part of it was sticking out. And I was like, wow, what's that? So I looked around to make sure no one was watching. And I reached out and, and I, you know, where the thing was in my mind, I took a hold of it and pulled it out. And he, <clears throat> and after we get done praying, he's like, wow, it already, it already feels better. <laughs> Guys, there's nothing more that I desire than to see each of us operating in our special gift and doing our special work because that is when we grow and our churches, our body is built up. And what happens then? We become more united in our faith and our knowledge of God and we become, or God's son, and we become more like Christ. That's what I want. Okay. Let's do some ministry time. Whether in person or in Zoom, in uh, chat, we will be praying for people to be filled with his Holy Spirit. We'll pray, as Paul does, that you will be flooded with light, receiving confident hope, and that you will understand the incredible power, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. So let me ask you, if you could ask God for a miracle today, what would it be? Heavenly Father, as you invite us to come closer to you, may we just shake off that old man, that old nature, which is so wrong to have shut off our minds and our hearts to your love. There is no condemnation now for those in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you said in, in John chapter 7, verse 18, 
Anyone who's thirsty, come. For it is, it's written, rivers of living water will flow out from him. And then John goes on to explain, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit flows through our body like a river of living water. God, you are good. And you invite us to say to you today, what do you want me, what do you want to see me do today? We got anything in the chat? No. Computer's down? Okay. Anybody here? I know. Um, financial stability. Financial stability? All right. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we pray. We The miracle we ask from you today is for those of us that are struggling financially, Lord that you would just show your favor on us by, by coming in and lifting us up when we need it. And Lord, may we, you know what? I, I think, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with a special blessing. May the Lord.